Podcast. So I literally felt like I was heavy, right? I felt anxiety. What is anxiety? This pressure, this weight on your heart. You're getting clammy in the hands. Your heart is racing. You feel like you're having a heart attack. Your brain is racing and you just feel like you have no control and you can't breathe and you feel like the world is going to end. That's anxiety. Anxiety is a pressure on your body. Well, what do you think's happening when I'm full of poop because yeah. I'm not turning a bowel movement? That's causing anxiety. That's causing depression. That's causing so many other issues with my holistic health, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual. So it's all interconnected. Welcome to the Cosmic Love Antenna Podcast. This podcast is meant to encourage you to connect within so you can share your light with the world. And now, here's your host, Harrison Ma. Harrison Ma. Harrison Ma. Good evening, morning, afternoon, beautiful souls. Welcome to a very special episode of the Cosmic Love Antenna. And simultaneously, I'll explain that in a second, the failing forward podcast my guest today and the host of this simulcast as they say in the biz is my beautiful friend Niku Lush and she is a holistic health coach she's a gut specialist she's a Pilates and movement guru but as always here on this platform and maybe Niku can explain how she does things on her beautiful system I, I love bringing on souls who ignite me that I know are going to ignite you. And Niku is a powerful shining star in the world that she lives in, right? And we'll hear a little bit about that today in this episode, but let's get straight into it, Niku. Thank you for having me on your Failing Forward podcast and thanks for being on the Cosmic Love Antenna. Thank you, Harrison. I am so honored, so blessed, and so grateful to be here with you today. And thank you for all the listeners on the Cosmic Love Podcast for allowing me to be a guest here to love and pour into you today. And for those of you that are listening on the Feeling Forward Podcast with Niki Loesch, thank you all so much for being here with us as well today. This is a simulcast. So what that means is we're doing one conversation, one interview that we know is going to serve both of our audiences. It's going to serve the Failing Forward mission, which is where we want to really help you fail forward in all aspects of your life with your your health, with your relationships, with yourself to help you step into the best version of you. And our mission is so congruent with Harrison's mission. That's why when him and I, you know, linked up together, we're like, why don't we just do one episode and we'll just put it on both of our podcasts. And that's where we are today. So very grateful to be here with you, my love. As Nico, it's funny. You uh, sent me a message yesterday as we we're planning this and you're like, can we talk about, can we talk about love and energy? I'm like, um, I don't know how to talk about anything else. Like that is for, for maybe new listeners of both my podcast and, you know, Niku's beautiful community, a big part of the cosmic love antenna moving forward, right. Is seeing this foundation of love in everything that we do, right. Love. And I think this is where Niku and I first connected this idea is that, you know, a big part of my, my history has been seeing love in everything. Right. And then moving forward from there. So, with that foundation, Niku, I'd love to start this chat, maybe learning a bit more about you. I know your beautiful community has probably, you know, just soaked up every piece of your journey, but I'd love to hear for my community a bit about your story, but maybe specifically about, you know, the moments in your past that have defined who you are now, the beautiful soul that we're hearing. 
Woo, that is a great question, Harrison. And I, I tend to get kind of like pulled into where do I begin, right? So let's start at the beginning. I am a first-generation Persian-American born woman. I was born and raised in Los Angeles, California. Both my mother and my father are immigrants from Iran. Um, they fled during the revolution. So there's a lot of that ancestral stuff that has already been kind of brought into me and my being just upon my birth. So there's one fun fact there. Um, my, my mother was an incredible homemaker, stay at home wife. My father, um, he did kind of everything. Like when I was born, he was, he was only working, making very, very little money. Like we were definitely living at or just below the poverty line for sure. And he quickly found inspiration in me being born. Like as his, he called me his Persian princess. That was like what they all named me when I was born at the hospital. And I, I lit something in him that inspired him to go start his own company. So when I was a baby, he started Niku construction company in Los Angeles, which then became a very, very prestigious and very uh, successful company in Los Angeles, where he would go and renovate multi-unit um, construction uh, commercial buildings. He was really working closely with the government buildings and with the um, schools and orphanages and charitable things. Like he really wanted to give back to the community of Los Angeles. And he did so in the areas that were very, very impoverished because he wanted to really reach out and help those communities. And the news started to see him. The government figures started to see him. The governor himself actually recognized him. He was in many um, articles and yeah, needless to say, he did very, very well for himself. So my story begins as a child growing up and watching my father build his construction company and doing it from a place of service, service for others, service for those less fortunate, service for the communities that, you know, might be aspiring to be in a better place and may need a little bit of hope, a little bit of love, a little bit of connection, right? Um, Nikki, let me jump in there because it's interesting and we might get to this in the next couple of topics, we'll see how the energy flows. But when we have that representation growing up, we know the power of our, our, our child's dynamic, right? We know that the influence and the impact of the environment in which we grow up. And I think if people know you very well, that's exactly what you reflect, right? You, you reflect that idea of building powerful community. Would you say that that influence on you was really the asterisk and the start of that? You took the words right out of my mouth. So from viewing who he was as a person, I developed a lot of my work ethic and my passion for serving, my passion for connecting, my passion for giving back because of what I saw my father do. But at the same time, I also observed that love and that importance of making family the pinnacle, the priority and nurturing and being there for your children for my mother. So I had these amazing examples that I was able to observe that really made me who I am today. And fun fact, Harrison, from the age of zero, actually it's really like in utero to the age of seven is when our subconscious mind is being programmed. So every experience that we're experiencing, every relationship that we're having, everything that we're observing is programming your subconscious mind, which is the thoughts and the things and the beliefs that we have beneath the surface after seven years old. And you know, on the topic of love here, because I'm going to try and, again, I, I unconsciously just bring in love, but today I'm going to do something different and consciously just bring in more love everywhere. What, while that mind, right, while that, while that, that unconscious ego structure is being built, and this is just a question I'll get everyone to sit with and feel into for them, while that is being built, what do you think is there in the meantime? 
right? I ask every single person to think back when they were a child between zero to seven, what were they like, right? What, what is that? What is every child as they're sort of in that age frame? How would you describe their kind of personality? I, I know about me, I would describe a child as very open, expansive, creative, playful. You know, it seems like children in that age frame can do anything. And what is that energy? Well, you know, yeah, I'll skip I would to agree the end. with that. I, I would agree with that. And I'll, I'll interject for just a moment. When we think of the child, and I'm very blessed that I have a two and a half year old right now. So I'm literally every single day trying to look at the world through his eyes. Like, what is he doing? And I can see it firsthand. My son watches everything. Literally every word that I say, guess what he's saying immediately thereafter. He's mimicking the words that I use. So if I'm speaking with a loving voice, he's speaking with a loving voice. If I yell at him, guess what he does immediately thereafter? He yells back at me. If I spank him, guess what he does when he gets mad? He, he spanks me too. So our children are literally watching our behavior. They're watching our words. They're watching our reactions. They're watching how we treat other people. And they are soaking that up because we, as their primary caretakers, we're, we're establishing a lot of their, their belief system, their manners, their values, because they are sponges. When I think about the essence, the energy of a child, I think of something that is like a sponge. It's just soaking up everything, all the good, all the bad, all the love, all the hurt, all the pain, all the drama, anything that you put into their sphere, they're soaking it up, whether you want them to or not. So it's our job as the adults to be very aware of the energy that we bring when we're talking to a child, if they make a mistake, which they're going to make a mistake, they're children, they're learning, they're learning how to walk and they're learning how to crawl and they're learning how to put on their underwear and their pants and not to drop their poop outside the potty, right? Like they're learning these things. But if we just get mad when they do something wrong and we yell at them, guess what we taught them? You do something wrong, you get anger back. We need to be very, very careful of our reactions because they're soaking that up and it's really, it's affecting their energetic field hundred percent. I'll pass it back to you. Yeah. And it's, yeah, we might have to do an episode in the future, Nikki, where I bring you back on and we talk about, I'm already planning this, but we can do an inner child series just in that little topic alone. But I want to shift here a little bit and I still want to hear a piece about your background because I think it's very relevant, especially when you're talking about the, the ego structure being constructed within the child growing up and one of the places within the body that the ego structure is formed is the gut is the solar plexus right and i want to hear a little bit about your background to niku because this is part of how you show up beautifully in the world is talking a lot about gut challenges and i want to hit on a couple of these things coming up but maybe share with my audience and again with your audience a bit about how the pain teacher came into your life around gut challenges specifically. So I'll have to fast forward my story. So I had a, I had a beautiful, beautiful upbringing. My, my family did all that they could to support us. My mother put me into everything to find out what I truly love. She put me in dance lessons at four. She put me in piano lessons. She put me in art classes, like everything. She wanted to expose me to everything. My father would take me on the construction sites and show me how to like literally get a screw and do all that stuff. Like they exposed me to everything. And they wanted me to have all the opportunities that they didn't have, especially being from Iran, right? This is the land of the free. And they wanted me to experience it. For those of you that are listening and tuning in from down under where my brother Harrison is in Australia, <laughs> I'm, I'm in, I'm in the United States of America, specifically Scottsdale, Arizona we'll, in the we'll desert. Work, we'll work on that Australian 
accent, but keep going. Keep going. I, I know I need to work on it a lot. It's like, people are like, <laughs> you, you sound very British darling. I'm like, yeah, well, I don't anyways, neither here nor there. So fast forward, I had incredible opportunity given to me because my parents really did all that they could to provide me with a life that was better than the one that they had. Right. Well, things happened and life happens. And there was some trauma and some experiences, unfortunate experiences that I saw, I observed, and also I encountered and I experienced during my adolescence, which led me to the painful decision to become an emancipated minor. What that means is I made a decision before the age of 18 to say, you know what, I'm going to assume all the responsibilities of an 18 year old. So I was living on my own when I was in high school. I was supporting myself. I was working multiple jobs, trying to make ends meet. And it was a really stressful time in my life. One of the problems with becoming an emancipated minor, when you're still in high school, you still have to go to school, right? So I can graduate. So I was going to school from seven in the morning until 1220. I did zero to fourth period. And then I would go straight to working from one o'clock until 6, 7 p.m. So I could make enough money to pay my bills. So the type of lifestyle I was living was high stress, was low sleep. um, And the foods I was eating were all foods that I could afford at the time, which were a lot of processed packaged foods, specifically macaroni and cheese. Let me jump in here, Miku. So I know where you're going and I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I want to put in a little, uh, little point of notice here speaking of energy i want to because it's so easy for us to feel that you know i know you view this miku as well and i i want to really promote this idea of challenges not just being on one level not just being physical right what a particular challenge is all things right it's physical mental emotional and spiritual and i want people to pick up as niku is sharing this story you know, while all of these things are very beautiful, and if you've shifted out of a, you know, a very unpleasant childhood, for example, or a, or a, or a childhood structure, standing in this power is a, it's going to bring you a lot of new elements. It's going to bring you a lot of new opportunities. However, everything has balance, right? And just like not enough power is an imbalance, too much power is an imbalance. So I just, I want to plant that seed here as we move forward because I know where Niku is going to go next. So tell us about Niku, the how it sounds like you're going into the diet element of the gut structure. Yeah. So at that time I was eating poor foods. So we're talking about the gut structure. The problem with processed foods is it it wreaks a havoc on your internal system. So we're talking about the energetic being, the emotional being, the mental being. Well, what happens is when you're eating poor foods and you start to actually disrupt and damage your gut, that actually offsets every other aspect of your system. Why? Because the gut is connected with everything. And and I'm not going to go too deep on this because this isn't a gut health podcast. This is no, but there is a gut brain connection. So the foods that we eat actually affect our mood. The foods that we put into our body send signals to our brain. So it affects your thoughts. It affects your ability to make decisions clearly. It affects your feelings of either feeling very energetic and vital or tired and lethargic and fatigued. It affects your ability to have confidence, right? Because if we eat the wrong foods that causes bloating, inflammation, digestive issues, you probably don't feel very confident. Physically, you don't look very confident. You look in the mirror, you're like, well, I don't like the way I fit in my clothes, right? So it's all interconnected, but I'm going to take a very long story and make it very short. Years of surviving, quote unquote, living in fight or flight, 
quote unquote, right? We look at the sympathetic nervous system, the parasympathetic. I was not resting and digesting from the age of 15 to 27. Literally. I was not. Literally, you were not resting. I was was literally not resting. (laughs) I was literally not digesting. I was working from, I was up at five o'clock in the morning, going to sleep at one o'clock in the morning. So literally no sleep. Um, literally I wasn't digesting. I turned a bowel movement every three or four days and my gut was completely broken. And that led that's to That's not normal. That's not, I, you just said that there, <laughs> Nika, you said I had a bowel movement every three to four days. Some people are like, oh, that's me too. That's normal, right? No, no. I, and no, we won't go off on this poo tangent, but I just, I want to make this very clear. It should be two to three bowel movements a day. Not, not every three days, not a week, yeah. but it should be a day. It just, that is such a overlooked, I'm going to go off just a little, little tangent here. How do you think before we had, before we had these beautiful diagnostic tools of blood tests and functional medicine practitioners that can internally see what's going on? How do you think before, before that, before we had those things, how did nurses and doctors and medical people know what was going on inside of us? Well, evaluating your poop. Yep. Literally. What so came here's, out. here's a funny thing about me. I was literally full of S-H-I-T. I know there's children listening, so I'm not going to say that word out loud, but I was literally full of poop. Literally. I was not eliminating. So what happens energetically here? So when you're not eliminating and you're just filling and filling and filling and your chakras, your energy centers are no longer working. You get literally backed up, you get pent up and you don't have any releasing any letting go. So I literally felt like I was heavy right? I felt anxiety. What is anxiety? This pressure, this weight on your heart, you're getting clammy in the hands. Your heart is racing. You feel like you're having a heart attack. Your brain is racing and you just feel like you have no control and you can't breathe. And you feel like the world is going to end. That's anxiety. Anxiety is a pressure on your body. Well, what do you think's happening when I'm full of poop? Yeah. Cause I'm not turning a bowel movement. That's causing anxiety. That's causing depression. That's causing so many other issues with my holistic health, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual. So it's all interconnected. Yeah. I just, I'm loving this chat, Miku. And just so people know, it's in Australia, as I'm recording this, it's like 6 a.m. in the morning, and I cannot think of a better way to start my day. So I love you, friend. I, I love I reco- you too, friend. I and reco- here I am eating my lunch. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying, trying not to think about that part. Uh, the, I, I recorded an episode yesterday, Niku, and I'm going to launch it, depending on when this episode comes out, but I released it on the chakra system. And I talked about just getting to the topic of this podcast today, I talked about how each chakra has a masculine and a feminine side, right? And you were just talking about how this idea of holding on to the energetic resonance of the gut area, literally holding on to the shit, but energetically, this is that masculine side of the solar plexus, right? Where we're too much in that masculine, we're too much in getting shit done and not allowing, not letting go, not receiving. And this is... If you're listening to this and you're wondering, where do I start? I have these gut issues. Well, first of all, I'll talk to Niku. But second of all, look at that balance. Look at the balance in your life from a gut perspective. Where can you release? Where can you let go? Where can you rest? So Niku, I want to, your story's reaching a climax here. And I want to, I want to keep you going. And where does where does the leaky gut come into this? So I know we want to stay a bit energetically here, but how does this apply to this buildup of literal and energetic shit? Yeah. Well, you said the word, so I'm going to use it now too. I was full of shit, literally. And you know, it's funny because 
it first started when I was around 15 years old and I was kind of feeling bloated. Whenever I ate, I was like, oh, I'm getting kind of bloated. Like I had to unbuckle my jeans. I had to do the little hair tie trick. Women, you know what I'm talking about, right? You put the hair tie around the button through the loop and you get yourself like an extra inch and a half, right? So I was doing that in high school. And mind you, at the time I was doing modeling. So I'm like, this isn't going to work for me. So I became fearful of eating food because I knew if I ate food, I was going to get bloated and I wouldn't make a weight. I wouldn't be able to do the photo shoot, whatever. So then I started to be implanted with what fear, fear of food, right? So this, that's energetic. We'll come back to that in a second where the leaky gut come in. It started off with bloating. Then the bloating became acne. Then the acne became cystic acne. Then the cystic acne became depression because I'm looking at myself. I'm like, I don't like my skin. What's going on. The depression then led me to anxiety right? Because I was just doing, doing, doing to try to make myself feel good, to feel loved, to feel worthy, right? Because I equated feeling loved, feeling accepted, feeling whole or building up my own confidence with doing more and more and more hustle and grind, rise and grind, make it happen, make shit happen, going, going, going. I mean, I started my first company at 21 years old. I made my first million by 24. That's how hard I was working. That's how much I was burning the candle at both ends. Fast forward the situation got worse and worse and worse. And this is what SIBO is. It starts off with a little bit of bad bacteria. And then that bad bacteria starts to grow and grow and grow until it's way, way, way out of control. And my gut lining was literally getting worse and worse and worse to the point where even when I was eating healthy foods in my mid twenties, when I had the means to purchase something better than Kraft macaroni and cheese, a handful of almonds, four or five almonds, and a little bit of spinach with a drizzle of olive oil would make me look like I was four to five months pregnant. All those, all those oxalates. And for people listening, Nikki was doing this thing with her hands and she was opening up. It's showing like a hole opening up. And that's literally, literally what happens in the gut lining, right? As the, and we'll speak from an emotional energetic lens, right? Because this is something that I think people just so overlook, right? Maybe you understand that stress impacts the gut lining, but we're not just talking about, you know, chemical and food stress here. Those definitely do it, right? Those, those vegetable oils, those refined sugars, those, you know, the unprocessed refined dairy products, they do it, but stress is not just physical and, 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 and chemical. It is energetic and emotional, right? So you're starting to see a sort of vicious circle here. You eat the Kraft macaroni cheese. You feel shit about eating the the Kraft macaroni cheese. And then that feeling of anxiety, the unprocessed anger that comes up, that in itself is making those gut lining walls bigger. And then the the healthy food, the spinach, the 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 and the almonds, which and I, I know this might maybe get vegetarians and vegans a little bit angry. I love you very much but plants have natural defense mechanisms and when our nutrients. Yeah. And when our, when our terrain is, it has holes in it, literally then those anti-nutrients get through and cause the, the autoimmune, the, 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 the reactions that cause inflammation. Hold that thought right there. Cause we need, we need to sit with that for a second, but before we get too far, I want to go ahead and hit something that you said. You were talking about in the gut lining, right? I eat these foods and then I feel anger. I feel uncomfortable. So I eat a food physically. I physically don't feel comfortable in my body. So then I start to feel these emotions, right? The biggest emotion that I was feeling was guilt and shame. And when you think about all the emotions, you list every single emotion and every emotion has tied to it a vibrancy and a frequency 
shame and guilt are operating and vibrating at the lowest frequency. So now I'm bringing my emotional health down, which brings my mental health down. I'm now living at the lowest vibration and the vibration that I'm putting out into the universe, the universe gives back the same vibration as me. Think of it like a radio, whatever frequency, whatever you're tuned into or an (laughs) antenna, right? A loving (laughs) antenna. So if I'm on, if I'm on the, on station shame, right? Station shame, let's just say on the energetic field, the energetic spectrum, a one to a 10, 10 being very, very high vibration, one being very, very low guilt and shame are like down on level one and two. So if I'm tuned into radio station, guilt and shame, guess what I'm hearing? Guilt and shame. That's what's being broadcast. So the universe is also going to give me messages that align with my radio station, guilt and shame. So I needed to do the work to get myself out of feeling guilt and shame, energetically vibrating at a higher frequency, the highest frequency being love in order to really help myself in my healing. So people are like, okay, I have these issues. Like, let me just change my nutrition. Let me just change like the foods that I'm eating. And that's going to help me feel better. That's not true. If you look holistically, you need to do the inner work too, right. To get yourself vibrating at a higher frequency, which is where mindfulness comes in. So how did I heal my SIBO? Well, there's two ways to do it. If you go and see a doctor and they actually diagnose you properly for SIBO, which it took them 18 years to diagnose me, mind you, I started feeling the symptoms at 15. I was finally diagnosed with it at 32, right before my 33rd birthday. The doctor that diagnosed me said, here's a prescription for antibiotics, three weeks of antibiotics. I was not willing to do that at the time because I had newly had a baby. I was breastfeeding. We were in the height of the pandemic. And I was like, I don't want to go that route. Let me find a different way to heal SIBO. As I started to research and study SIBO, I saw that it was very much so an energetic issue, a nutrition issue, a sleep issue, a hormonal issue. So I created a protocol that incorporated nutrition, exercise, and mindfulness. And within five weeks, I was able to heal myself of SIBO. Mic drop. And you're probably listening to that, right? You're probably listening to that and you think, oh, I can't, I can't get there. But uh, it's not true. And I want to I want to go to the movement piece here, Nick, because you just said that. But I want to just backtrack a little bit to because I can't not talk about this because as you were saying, and I was like, oh, preach and make I want to make sure people hear this. The the attracting of the vibrancy that we're at. And it's so easy for us in that state of attraction when the negative, because we've said it now, shit, <laughs> it's coming in. That when we attract those people right? We feel like we're the victim, right? We feel like, oh, I'm these, these, these guilty, these shameful, these angry, this person that's abandoning me. I'm the victim here. I'm attracting this. No, you're attracting it because it's coming in. So you can see it within you, right? That's, it's so important for people to hear that we attract what we are so we can come back to a state of health, right? It is not a natural space to be in a place of suffering, dis-ease, all of these challenges. Our natural state is vitality. And we're always looking for the opportunities to come back to that. So I just, I wanted to reiterate that because you said it so beautifully, Niku, and I want, you know, this is, this is empowering because once we see where we're at, we can take a step forward. Niku, I want to. I need need to ask you a question. So here's the beauty of, you know, a lot of people come to me and they hire me as a business consultant because of what I did in my twenties and how successful I was in selling that company by 30 and all of that. And they always ask me, what, what are the keys to success to being highly successful in selling a business? And I said, it's really three things, attitude, student mentality, and your work ethic, right? 
Now I'm not saying rise and grind and work so hard and go from five o'clock in the morning until one o'clock in the morning. Like I was doing, I'm not saying do that, but are you willing to do the things that others aren't willing to do to have the things that others do not have? When we think about this world that we're living in energetically and mindfully, a lot of people listen and they're take you're listening to this episode right now. You're taking notes on what Harrison's saying. You've heard people say all the time, you should meditate and you should journal and you should really create space to take the time to get to know yourself. You have the notes, but how many of you are actually work ethic taking the action and doing the things to start creating new habits. Cause the same thing that made me successful in business is the same thing that's making me successful in life, which is doing the things that others aren't willing to do. Now, let me take it a step further. Okay. And I'm going to just breathe through this for a moment. I want this to really land. I'm going to take a step back first. I'm going to take a step back in order to go forward. Can we do that? Is that okay? Trust in you, Niku. You got this. All right. So you said something about five minutes ago and you were saying, we don't want to offend. And and I'm a yoga teacher. I've been working in the yoga space now for over 15 years. So in the yoga community, when we're talking about diets and I hate saying that word diet, I'm using these, my fingers, apostrophe diet, because I hate that word. It's very taboo to me. Um, but we'll talk about that at a future time. The diet that is most accepted in the yoga community, specifically if you're a yoga teacher, is the plant-based diet. It is the most ethical, quote unquote, right? And we that's a conversation for another time. I don't want to be too paradoxical here. I did that diet. I tried to be a vegan, a vegetarian, because I thought ethically that's what I needed to do as a yoga teacher in order to really show up as a genuine, authentic yoga teacher. When I did that diet, that's when my symptoms went crazy. Like literally my depression, if it was a level three out of 10, went to a nine out of 10. My bloating, if it was looking like I was two, three months pregnant, went to like five, six months pregnant. Um, My acne went from just being normal acne, hormonal acne to cystic acne everywhere where I was having eczema flare-ups all over my skin that then developed into granuloma annulare, which looked like these crazy warts and rings all over my hands where I had to go to dermatologists and be given a steroid ointment that I would literally put on my hands. My hands were so itchy. I was wanting to scratch them off and have to wear gloves over my hands to seal the ointment in. And then the skin would start to peel off. That's how I was being treated. And it was specifically during the time that I was on the plant-based diet. Why? Because of what you said, Harrison, the plants have the anti-nutrients because they have no other way of defending themselves. So we as human beings do not have the same stomach and the same digestive system as our counterpart, the gorilla that can live off of that. Our stomach is much different. If you look at a picture of the gorilla and the human, their body, their anatomy looks different. They have a much larger stomach. Why? Because it's housing a much more intricate system that can break down with more acids to break down those anti-nutrients so that they can be digested. Humans aren't built that way. Now, I'm not saying that to pass shade or to offend anyone that is currently living a plant-based life. If it's working for you, great. But the fact of the matter is, Harrison, it doesn't work for the majority of human beings simply because of our, our anatomy. You can't tell me that your stomach is different than mine. We all have the same stomach, roughly the same size. We all have the same number of kidneys and the same liver. We're all designed the same way, but we're not designed the same way that our counterparts, the animals that are living off of the plants are designed. They have a much more intricate system that can handle breaking down those toxins. So I just want to talk on that. Yeah. And 
it's interesting, Niku, as you're speaking and sharing this, I can almost feel in the, the podcast ecosystem, I can feel people being triggered, right? I can feel people being, wait, wait, that's not what I've learned. That's not what I've been educated in. That's not what I, you know, have been, have been taught from the people that I trust. And I guess the first place I'll start with this, Niku, is look at that trigger. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to answer this as we've been flowing here through this episode from an energetic and deep sort of love level. And how I approach this diet, and I'm much like yourself, Niki, I hate using that word, and I'll explain why in a second here. It's because we, we, are, not, we are not grouped, meaning our bodies, we are so individually nuanced and, and biochemically individualized that to group someone in, hey, everyone should be eating this way. Hey, everyone should be eating this way. It doesn't work, right? Just within a, I'll give this example, right? Just within one family, there can be different stomach sizes in one family, right? And that's just one element of the digestive breakdown. So I share that for people listening to really sit with this idea, right? Is what Niku's saying, is it triggering you? Well, okay. Two, what is coming up around that trigger? We've been talking a lot about emotions in this episode. Is there some anger coming around that trigger? Is there some guilt coming around that trigger? Is there some shame coming around that trigger? And what I propose here, and you know, I, I definitely have my views. And I when I think about a, a, a diet and a way of eating that is best for my biology, right? I shift to more the Mediterranean Western A price sort of perspective, which I know Niku, you agree with. But at the end of the day, that might not be supportive for where you are at in your journey, right? We have been talking about the SIBO and the leaky gut, right? And it is a fact, and again, this might trigger people, that those defense mechanisms of plants, if you're experiencing a leaky gut, if you're experiencing SIBO, if you're experiencing the digestional pain, things that are going to get through the leaky gut that are going to cause inflammation, the oxalates, right? The, the anti-nutrients, that the plants the use for defense, the phytates, <laughs> right? There's, there's many categories. That's just two. I share that to really encourage you to go deeper, to go beyond this, right? Go beyond the diets and ask yourself with a meal, right? And I'll end with this, Nico, and pass back to you here. With each meal that you have, don't attach yourself to what what my mom is doing, what my colleague is doing, what the, what the Instagram promoter on my feed is doing. How does my body respond to this specific ratio of elements, macronutrients in this meal? And listen, your body, the best coach, the best teacher, the best practitioner we always will have on our team is the one that's inside of us. And it speaks if we will listen. Yeah. And and that's the biggest thing here. So when I was going through my, my years of quote unquote suffering, I had to realize that if I just listened to what all the doctors and specialists were telling me and just went after, you know, taking the prescription and just filling it and taking their medications, what they were speaking on was just simply from their experience and from their expertise and from what they learned. And the fact of the matter is all the doctors I went to 17 specialists, They didn't have any education in gut health. They didn't have an understanding of the link between the gut and the brain, not because they were not intelligent, but they simply, you don't know what you don't know. And until you have the awareness, you can't be held 
accountable for what you don't know. Right. So they're incredible human beings, but and, and you, Niku, have be, you have to be an advocate for your own health point and period Niku, blank. And Niku, let me be very clear here. Cause I want to be fair to the vegetarians and the vegans listening to this episode. This is me and Niku are not here saying that, you know, a non-vegetarian, non-vegan diet is best for everyone all the time. That We're saying the same thing for a, a Mediterranean Western A price diet, as we are saying for these. It's about your context. It's about what your individualized body, where it's at right now in this moment and listening to give it what it needs, right? Let me give one little example here. If you are going into a ceremony, right, where you're looking to tap into your your spirits. Maybe it's with plant medicines. Maybe it's a Vipassana retreat. Maybe it's you're going to Tibet to sit with llamas in the mountains. You're going to want to remove the more heavier elements of your diet and, you know, animal protein, even if it's organic and grass fed, which I recommend, it's going to be heavy energetically on the system. So you want to remove those and it would be, it would behoove you to be on a vegan vegetarian diet to promote that nuanced context. It's about where you're at right now. You said it beautifully. And it's not to say that, you know, being plant-based, there's a time for it, but to do it chronically long-term and make that your lifestyle, that's when we as human beings run into problems. If you guys think about, I would say in the last 20 years, yoga really took off in Western society. I'm just throwing that number out there. Maybe it was the last 40, maybe it was the last 10, but let's just use that for numbers. If you look at the statistics of when autoimmune disease took off, it is actually directly parallel to when the plant-based diet as a lifestyle took off as well. And don't take it from me, just go research it. The research is out there. The doctors have started acknowledging it, that autoimmune disease is very, very high in people that have adopted that plant-based diet as a lifestyle. Now, like you said, Harrison, there are times when I go fully plant-based too, because I just, I want to have that variability. What I want to amplify on what you said, Harrison, is that every single one of us are individual beings. We are biochemically individualized. My gut microbiome is different than your gut microbiome is different from our dear friend, Leslie's gut microbiome. So we need to really become advocates and students and learning what works best for our system, what works best for our gut, our buildup, right? Because we're, we're all individually made by the divine power, right? So become a student and learning more about yourself, having more self-awareness. That's really where we want to go with it. Yeah. I love it. And it's just, you know, at the end of the day, this is where the mindfulness bring it sort of full circle and bring it back to the sort of energetic being that we are. This is where this kind of dynamic internal conversation with ourselves is really helpful, right? Because if we build a practice around going inwards to receive and love and feel, right? That means that we can now have these conversations with ourselves, right? And then we can move through the external, right? Because it's so easy for us. And I think this is another element of this, Niku, and maybe we can shift gears here and talk about something else because this, I can feel it, this conversation, we need to continue next episode because we could do a whole topic on this. But there's the tribalism element of it, right? Energetically, bringing it back to the chakras, the the root chakra, what does the root signify? It it signifies our need to be a part of a tribe, right? So now you, you bring in this gut context this 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 diet context this group context now we sort of supersede because it is root tracker number one our feeling if we haven't got it in our family in our upbringing as our as our inner child was being blossomed if we didn't get that then there is a need inside of us to feel a part of a tribe 
and then will supersede, will be a part of that tribe, will be a part of the, the carnivore diet, will be a part of the vegan diet, and will overlook, will overlook what that actual diet is impacting our body for the feeling of being safe in a tribe. Does 100%. That and, and, and it resonates 100%. I want to dive deeper into that. And then I want to ask you a question to highlight your genius because I actually, I want to have some live coaching here with you. And every coach needs a coach, by the way. Always be a student, my friends. Always be willing to learn because there's an experience that someone else has experienced that's made them an expert in that. Learn and listen to their experience and I promise you it's going to help you. The root chakra for me represents three key things. Number one, security. Number two, stability. And number two, and number three, grounding, right? So if you feel anxious, chances are that your root chakra is energetically damaged. If you feel unsafe or unprotected, or you're dealing with issues of abandonment, or you're dealing with issues of trauma, or you're feeling pain in your hips, let's talk physically about it. If your pain is in your hips and your low back, that often has to do with the energetic feeling of the root chakra, right? Then there's things that we need to address there physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. We need to really dive into that. Now, I want to talk about the chakra system. The way that I look at it, Harrison, is it's like building a home. You have to start at the foundation first. The foundation of the chakra system at the root is the root chakra. It's based down into the pelvis right at the tailbone. And then if you have a strong foundation for a home, if you look at construction, when they're building a home, they spend the most amount of time on the foundation, on clearing the land, on laying the slab, on making sure that foundation is strong because if the foundation is not strong, it doesn't matter how beautiful the walls are, how amazing the roof is, that home's going to come crumbling down. So we need to really be focused on building our chakras, building ourselves energetically from the bottom up. And I think a lot of people, especially in Western society, because we're constantly doing, 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 running, 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 trying to feel adequate, trying to feel confident, trying to feel creative, trying to feel like we're heard. We're focusing on the throat chakra and we're focusing on the solar plexus and we're focused, which is three and it's five, six, five. Um, and then we're focusing on the heart chakra. We want to be loving and we want to be connected and in community. We're focusing on these chakras, but we're not paying attention to the root chakra and the sacral chakra. So I just wanted to throw that out there that like building a home, you need to spend some time focusing on those areas that come first. And it brings it full circle here, Niku, because the root chakra, because of that, because of that foundation and that structure and that support base, the best way that we can give it what it needs is coming back in with self-love and self-care, right? Think about the things in your world that provide that feeling of security, safety, and support? Well, physically, it's getting out in nature, right? Physically, it's getting out into the sun. One of my favorite things to do here in Australia, and this might make you feel crappy, Miku, I apologize, but it is summer here in but Australia. You're, you're not going to make me feel crappy. Why? Because I live in Scottsdale, Arizona. It's the valley of the sun. <laughs> awesome. But maybe then for the rest of the North American people listening here in Australia, it's summer right now. So it's it's easy for me to go outside in uh you know, throughout the day. And, you know, this is one of my practices. This is one of my self-care self-love practices is taking off as much clothes as possible and getting in the sun, right? And what is this doing other than all of the gut stuff that vitamin D adds to the body? It is giving me that sense of security. It's giving me that sense of safety. It's giving me that sense of support. And it's giving me that self-care and self-love that I need as the foundation in which the rest of my body thrives. So, just yeah, take, I'll, I'll touch on yeah. that too. If you think about talking about the United States for the failing forward listeners, because the majority of us are here. 
if you look at like in Scottsdale, Arizona, we have sun 360 days out of the year. We have like five days of rain other than the monsoon season. So people here are more active. They're outdoors more. They tend to be happier, right? If you look at Seattle where it's gloomy and rainy and dark 10 out of the 12 months, they have the highest suicide rate. There's a, there's a direct correlation between you getting out in the sun and how it affects your mood. So I just wanted to tie that in there. Now, I want to go ahead and take a moment, if you'll allow me to, Harrison, to ask you a question. Hit me. There's something that I'm currently working through and I'm struggling with, and I know that you're the genius in the zone. I have a family member, a very close family member to me, and I'm only bringing this to you right now because you mentioned something early on in the episode about how if you're getting angry right now, if you're getting triggered right now, oftentimes that anger is a reflection of something in you. This family member when I engage in conversation with them or I spend too much time physically with them, I get very triggered by the amount of focus and energy they put on the things that are not going well in their life. There's a little bit of the talking about, there's a lot. I would say 80% of what they talk about is things from the past, which we have no control over the past. And the past leads us to depression. The future leads us to anxiety. We can talk about that later, but they're always going back into the past and they're trying to justify why they're where they're at today. And I just feel a lot of like pain and suffering and sorrow. And I have a hard time engaging in conversations with this family member. I love them. I want to be there for them. I want to support them. And that's why I want them to have a voice. But at the end of the day, energetically, when I'm stepping away from that conversation, I feel depressed and I feel overwhelmed and I feel energetically heavy. And it's to the point where sometimes I just need to like push that person away at arm's length distance, but I don't want to do that because I know they need connection. Talk to me, help me. All right, I'm gonna gonna try my best to keep this short because I know we have a, a time limit here, but it's a good question, Niku, and something that I see a lot in people that come and see me. Because where is the one place we are most likely to be triggered? It's with our family and friends. And I want to, sh- I think, first step here, and you're good at this, Niku, but just for people listening, is to see that this is a treasure, to see that this is a gift, not just for you. But you said this is your family member, right, Niku? Was it a friend or a family member? Family member? Very close family member. Okay. So not only is this a gift for you, it's a gift for them. And let me explain why. We, through ancestral healing, we we pass on that which we do not heal in ourselves, right? So if this is a, a, a older member that's in your family, mom and dad is usually the most common culprits, but even if it's a uncle or an aunt, there is a chance that what they, what they have inside of them, energetically, challenges, physical, that they haven't moved through, it passes on to you. The reason that I'm saying this is this is one of the reasons you're being triggered. It's because what is in them is inside of you, right? And what is inside of you, if you heal it, if you lean into it, you are now doing work for them, right? So first step, it's that realization. Second step is feeling it in your body. Right. So if this means putting up some boundaries, some healthy, loving boundaries, so maybe not spending time with them for a moment, wonderful. But you need to deal with that because it's not going to go away. Just by you putting up those boundaries, it's not going to disappear. You need to fix the root because they are the reflection, right? Each interaction you have with them, their, their response isn't creating it. Their response is bringing up the root of what is there. So third step is feeling it in the body. So you said it's heaviness, it's anxiety, 
where is that heaviness and anxiety? Is it in the stomach? Like we've been talking about this whole time. Is it in that heart space? Is it in that throat space? Is it in that head space? It's definitely in the heart and the throat and the head. I feel like my head's like I'm going crazy. And then in my heart, I feel heavy. Like I literally feel my heart rate um, start. My heart starts to race more and my hands start to get clammy. It's like that anxious feeling. And then my throat, I feel like I literally want to just bring my hands and just suffocate myself. Mm. So feels like you want to suffocate yourself. Those words right there are an indicator of an ancestral element. Feels like I want to suffocate myself. Feels like I'm being suffocated. That Those particular words are a, a what's the word? A, a, a hallmark of something that's been passed on intergenerationally. And I don't say this to maybe freak people out. It's just something, it's a breadcrumb. So what I would do, Niku, and let's have a chat if this is something that you want to dive into, because I feel like there's a lot here, but I would, I would hone in on that throat feeling, right? Hone in on it. And I would do two things. First of all, I would do a throat chakra meditation, right? Because once we know where it is, then we hone in, then we specialize. So hone in on the throat chakra and what this is going to do, it's going to bring up more answers, Right. It's going to bring up more, oh, this is something to do with my mom not using her voice. This is something to do with me being me being a child and my mom yelling at me and me feeling like I couldn't speak up for myself. Right. You're actually actually going to get an either a memory of this or you're going to get further feelings in the body to cement it in. And then finally, what I would do here is I would ask the question, I would use the affirmation around that throat chakra feeling, that choking feeling. I would say, I would ask yourself this. I would say, is this me or is this mine? And what that does is that it allows the space to come up to to bring up either your mum's story around this throat, this choking, or further back, right? Because this might be a, a chain that's been passed on down your generational line that, and this gives me goosebumps whenever I say it. I, I would say it's a chain because when I'm thinking about these things, I'm thinking about this family member and then I'm thinking yeah. about the family member above them and yep. they both suffer from the same thing, which is not being heard, not being seen, not being loved, being replaced by another spouse yep. at the same time, if that makes sense. So it's definitely something that's ancestral. So my question for you is if I'm doing the work within myself, I'm doing the meditations, I'm working on yep. my throat, how can I help this family member? work through their things without being like, you need to do this. You need to do that. Being the example. So the throat chakra is a beautiful uh, area because when we speak our truth in front, especially in front of another person, it, it is an example. We, we unconsciously see that in the person who's speaking their truth and we want to do the same. So if you want to help your mum without forcing yourself on it, which we all don't want to do, right? We can't, we can bring the horse to water, but we can't make them drink. So what you do, Niku, and this is going to heal your feeling around that throat. You start feeling into the truth that needs to be speak, needs to be spoken and then speaking it around her, right? So in that conversation that you, you, you were explaining at the start of this example, you said you were feeling uncomfortable. You're feeling tension, anxiety in that, in that situation something that would be super powerful for both of you is speaking that to her in that moment, not speaking it at her, but saying, mom, right now it's, it's, this is really interesting. And I'm working this out. 
but I'm feeling some tension in my throat. I'm feeling restricted. I'm feeling anxiety. I'm feeling tension. I'm working through this. I'm healing this, but I just want you to know, and I want to speak this truth to you. Does that resonate? Thank you. A thousand percent. Um, a thousand percent. And it's just, it's crazy how much it does resonate with me. And I would love to, I would love to hire you to work on this a little bit more closely because oh, it's hard. Even though, I, even though I know how to do this for others, I can't, I struggle to do it for yep. myself and every That's coach, normal. Needs coach every mentor normal. needs a men- yep. mentor. Yeah. I appreciate you. Well, I know we've come to the end and I want to make sure we have time for tying the bow and sealing it. So Harris, I'm going to pass it to you so that you can go ahead and say your closing remarks and then I'll do the same. Yeah. So Miki, first of all, thank you for coming on the podcast and thank you for allowing me to speak my voice to your beautiful community. What I'm going to do is I'm going to put Niku's breakdown of everything she's doing in the world, where you can find her beautiful face, where you can hear her beautiful voice. But as I do that, Niku, I want to, I actually want to throw a question back to you to finish this, right? Cause I know we're on a time limit here and I want to make sure we get this in because this is a question I ask everyone. And it brings everything together that we've been talking about this whole time. And the question is for you within this cosmic love antenna, the most important energy to hone into is love. So Niku, I'd love to know your definition of this L-O-V-E word. This is something I've been working on defining for the greater part of two decades. And I do not have a definition yet, but where I'm at right now, love to me means self-acceptance. It means self-awareness. It means connection. And it means being open and being receptive, right? But I know that there's danger in being too open. So that's where I'm trying to figure it out. But love is just accepting, being inclusive, being connected, being aware. And that's kind of where I'm at right now with it. Could not have said it better myself, my friend. Niku, it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, I love you very much. And thank you, the Failing Forward podcast, for receiving me. Thank you, Cosmic Love Antenna, for listening to this beautiful voice of Niku. I'm here today wishing everyone a wonderful evening, morning, afternoon in the world. We'll both speak to you very soon. I love you very much. For those of you that are joining in the Failing Forward podcast, please take a look at the show notes below where I'm going to be putting in all the ways that you can connect with Harrison to hear his beautiful voice and definitely reach out to him because this is one of the people that I have as my close friend, but also as my mentor. So when I need someone to bounce ideas with, Harrison's my guy. He's fully vetted. Definitely approve of him. Reach out to him. Let's connect because in this world today, we need community with the main word in there being unity, coming together to uplift each other, to elevate each other. We love you. We appreciate you. Thank you for listening to this episode. Subscribe, review, share it with a friend. We'll see you on another episode of the Cosmic Love Antenna and the Failing Forward Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Cosmic Love Antenna Podcast. We hope you enjoyed. Be sure to follow Harrison on Instagram, Twitter, and Clubhouse at Harrison Ma. That's Harrison, M-E-A-G-H-E-R. Hi, I'm Mark. And I'm Peter. We're the founders of Electrocast Media, bringing you great podcasts like Nightmare Road Stories, Tech Talk Revolution, and Bodacious Minds. Electrocast networks include Ruby for female empowerment, the best business network, and GPN for geopolitics. We built this company to create community and amplify diverse voices, and we really appreciate your support. So, keep listening to Electrocast Podcasts and hear the culture.
Welcome to the Candle Power Hour. Come with us backstage, behind the scenes of show business spanning over four decades and bringing you the experiences that can only be told by the people who were there. Our guests are from the A-list, the F-list, and everyone in between. Get set for some of the most insane, hilarious, and inspiring stories you will ever hear. I'm Mercury. And I'm Diego. Your host for the The Candle Candle Power Power Hour. Hour. Electric acid.